0: It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson.
1: Here I am, ladies and gentlemen, and
0: uh,
1: it's Friday, yay! And this is the first week of this show, the uh, the very first oral presentation of Newsmax. Uh, that is a, the first audio podcast that Newsmax is offering, and they. Have given me the immense honor to be able to do it. So, welcome to the show. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to get into uh, obviously the uh, the President Biden's first presser yesterday, uh, which was indefensible uh, at this point. If you don't see the issues with his cognitive impairment, then uh, you're you're fooling yourself, uh, or you have the same cognitive impairment, or you're just dishonest because uh, it was it was a mess. It was a mess, and if you don't even acknowledge that that he has some issues, honestly, that's pretty. That's kind of cruel, actually. When you think about it. You just oh, no, no, there's nothing going on here. Just let him go ahead and continue to uh, you know make a you know a spectacle of himself. Um, uh, it's just unreal. It is just unreal. I didn't get a chance to watch it in real time. I watched part of it in real time, then I watched some other stuff. But this is the kind of thing that you got. From him, this is him completely losing his place. Now, if anybody else did this, I don't care who. Donald Trump didn't do anything like this. We have not seen a president do anything like this. Now, Donald or Ronald Reagan was accused of uh, you know forgetfulness and whatever, whatever. And ultimately, yes, he had Alzheimer's, but he didn't have it when he was office. It when he was in office, he was he was aging, and and there was some you know uh, forgetfulness and whatnot. But this is downright brain stops working, you know, bleep, bleep, the, the, the robot's head explodes. Even the UK Daily Mail said Biden is slammed for taking zero questions on COVID, schools, tax hikes, Russia at the first press conference. It honestly was, it was, it was North Korean. It was shameful. The press was ushered in. They were socially distanced. They were masked, and all the conservatives were put in the back. And all of the conservatives were put in the back. And none of them had any questions, none of them. None of them were allowed to ask any questions. But the usual suspects from the mainstream media were there. I think there were a couple of decent questions. It was an NBC reporter there. Uh, NPR's uh, Yamiche Alcindor made a fool of herself performing an act of journalistic Gratification on the president in front of everybody. It honestly was uh it was a spectacle. And just from m- my personal feelings, I don't see how he can be president much longer. That's just me. Here is one of the big uh I won't even call it a senior moment. It's it's worse than a senior moment. I have an early senior moment. I'm in my early 50s, so occasionally I have something like this, but nothing. Nothing like this. Nothing like this.
2: Done. If you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I've, we're going to get a lot done, and if we have to, if there's complete. Lockdown and we're
1: get- going to get a lot done. I guess this is going to be the first time in his 47 years in Washington, D.C., he's going to get something done.
2: Chaos is a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on, let's go to the beginning, let's hear that uh, again. Get something done if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh um like to be able to anyway.
1: Wow. And I'm sorry if you don't recognize that, if you don't acknowledge that is happening. You're doing the man a disservice. You are doing the man a disservice. Here he is. This is just a montage of him stumbling through his note cards. Now, not only did he have note cards with uh, with uh, reporters' faces on them, not only did he already have a planned group of reporters he was going to call on, he probably even knew what they were going to ask about because he had he had typed out note cards with, with uh, clip notes about every kind of policy uh, that he was going to be asked about. And, and conveniently, he had the, the cards that he needed just for those questions. Crazy! As far as the... Uh, I, I can understand, if you don't know anybody in the press, uh, maybe having a picture of them and being able to call on them, whatever. That's I, I am terrible with names, you know, and it takes me years to... I don't know my neighbors' names, okay? I just don't. Maybe I need to put a note card in my refrigerator with their pictures on it. I, I I'm not sure. But he stumbled and bumbled through the press conference. And if you are the president of the United States, you have to be able to react to a question without a note card about major policy issues, including North Korea, which he embarrassed himself. And, and he's playing with big boys now. He's playing with people with missiles. He's playing with people who want to have our property. They want you and me dead here he is bumbling with his note cards.
2: It used to be required for the filibuster. And I, I had a card on this. I was going to give you the statistics, but you probably know them. Uh, that it used to be that, uh, the, that well, from between 1917 and 1971, the filibuster existed. There were a total of 58 motions to break a filibuster. All the things that relate to infrastructure. We have somewhere, I, I, I asked the staff to write it down for me, and they did, not for this, but for a, a longer discussion. We have somewhere, uh, in terms of infrastructure, we have, we rank 13th globally in infrastructure.
1: Unreal. Now, when you prepare for a debate, you generally don't have note cards. You've got to be able to think extremer, extemporaneously. You've got to have your grasp on on. What's going on if you're the CEO of a company and you are on a Zoom call or you're in a personal meeting? You've got to have your facts together. You've got to know what's going on. Our CEO does not. He does it. Here he is. He kind of raised his voice a little bit. You know how uh, older people can be. They get crotchety. You know, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Well, this is uh, Joe Biden effectively telling one press member to get off his lawn.
2: Two, to rebuild the backbone of this country. The middle class. Hard-working people and people struggling to get in the middle class. They built America. And unions built them. Now get off my lawn! The third reason I said I was running was to unite the country.
1: (laughs) That's good. Now, at least he still has a sense of humor.
2: And generically speaking, all of you said, no, you can't do that. Well, I've not been able to unite the Congress, but I've been uniting the country.
1: Oh, I don't think you're doing that, sir.
2: Based on the polling data.
1: Really? I, I don't think so.
2: We have to come together.
1: Okay, so he raised his voice a little bit there. You know, they He's kind, of kind of blurt things out, you know, and uh, they have no volume control. I think there was uh, Austin Powers. He, when, he, when he was unfrozen, he had that problem. He, he would just suddenly yell out loud. You know, that's kind of like what Joe Biden is going through. So <laughs> it, was, um, it was a spectacle. It was uh, at times incoherent. I don't know how anyone can say otherwise. I, I really don't. I don't understand. Now, coming up here very shortly, uh, I've got some highlights of Greg Kelly's show yesterday. He talked to this guy, uh, Joe Canassa, of uh, the National Memo, and he, he's, he did fine. Unbelievable. Then I'm going to talk to Grant Stinchfield of the Grant Stinchfield Show on Newsmax about the, uh, the presser yesterday, among other things. Um, this is uh, Joe Biden talking about... Uh, um oddly enough uh, you see republicans they want like voter integrity they want to uh, vote uh, you know elections not to be stolen they don't want massive uh, uh amounts of ballot boxes in uh, cities where they can dump tons of ballots the next day like they did in philadelphia those vote boxes were paid for by facebook by the way 400 million dollars from the founder of facebook uh, they want people to be able to vote in person. They want people to show an ID. Democrats, for some odd reason, and it's really quite insulting to uh, African Americans and minorities that Democrats don't think they can get an ID when they need an ID to open a bank account or um, I would say rent a movie, but actually you do that uh, you do that uh, in your house now. <laughs> but but there are a million things that you need ID for, and why the heck not uh, an, an ID to vote? And and it's to protect you, by the way. When I go into vote, I, I whip my ID out now. I did that in Maryland. We don't need to see your ID. Well, I want you to see that I am who I am. So there you go. I'm showing you my ID. Where I live now in the Kansas City area, and, uh, you are required to show an ID. And believe it or not, even people of color have IDs. It's just crazy. But here is uh, Joe Biden saying that, uh, you know, uh, doing this is worse than Jim Crow. It's actually, well, he said something that made uh, no sense, believe it or not.
2: Outside this White House. I'm not talking about the, le- the elected officials. I'm talking about voters, voters. And so I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. Pernicious. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic.
1: <sighs> so he was saying that it's a bigger bird than a crow, I guess, right?
2: What they're trying to do. And it cannot be sustained. look like Jim Eagle. Jim Eagle. And this is gigantic what they're trying to do.
1: Yes, it is gigantic what they're trying to do. And you know what else is gigantic that you're trying to do? You're trying to upset the entire voting process and put the federal government in charge with this H.R. 1 joke. Joke. Trying to make sure that everybody gets to vote and they don't have their vote stolen. That is not pernicious, sir. That is very... Worthy of our admiration. This is a question, I, I don't know why anyone would ask this question of a man who's 78 years old, who obviously is in severe cognitive decline, but somebody had to ask if Joe Biden was going to be running in 2024.
3: Have you decided whether you are going to run for reelection in 2024? This
1: is, this is a reporter who waited, I mean, literally weeks for the press conference, and this is what she came up with. She's are you going to run for president in 2024 because you've only been the president for 61 days?
3: You haven't set up a re election campaign yet as your predecessor had by this time.
2: <laughs> my predecessor need to, needed to. My predecessor need to, my predecessor need to.
1: You already said there, my predecessor need to.
3: Campaign yet as your predecessor had by this time.
1: <laughs>
2: my predecessor need to, needed to. <laughs> my predecessor need to. My predecessor. Oh God, I miss it. Um, have, you, have you? No, an answer is yes. My plan is to run for re-election. That's my expectation.
1: And yeah, um, the question should have been: Do you plan on being uh, breathing in 2024 or 2020? Yeah, are you, are you planning on breathing? Do you think you will? You'll still be breathing in 2024. That would have been a more apropos uh, statement. Do you? Do you suppose you'll still be living uh, in your own home in 2024? Maybe. Maybe that'd be a little bit less. You know. Uh, in 2024, are your kids are going to have your car keys? I'm thinking they they probably should have already had your car keys. But uh, again, really, really bad. Here is uh, Yamiche Alcindor. Uh, and if, if this doesn't convince you that National Public Radio needs to just exist on its own without federal funding, then I don't know what will. Because honestly, uh, NPR and PBS, they are just tools of the left. Here is uh, Yamish. Alcindor committing an act of journalistic gratification, which, by the way, is a, is a term that my friend Chris Plant uses. He is a national talk show host. But listen to this softball. This is, this is, not, this is not even a softball. This is worse than a softball. This is Al Alcindor taking a softball and putting it on a tee like T ball in front of Joe Biden, and he's got his helmet on, and here is the question. She, uh, first of all, opens by complimenting on what a wonderful person
2: he is. Yamish.
4: Thanks so much, Mr. President. Um, You've said over and over again that immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man. Boy, oh
2: boy, oh
1: boy. You know what, Yamiche? I mean, can you guys just get a room? Is
4: the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? It's not
1: because he's a moral and decent man, by the way. It's because he's saying... Come on in. And how are you choosing... You'll get a hotel room. ...which families can stay and which... You're not going to get a court
4: date. Can, ...can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, there are some families that are staying. And is there a timeline for when...
1: Yeah, 91% of the families are staying. ...won't
4: be seeing these overcrowded facilities with run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied
2: minors.
1: And by the way, I love you. You're the best president ever. Thank you.
2: Well, look, I guess I should be flattered... People are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening.
1: No, it, that, that's absolutely wrong, actually, and, and that you would say that it is. I mean, wow.
2: That I'm a decent man or however it's phrased. That, you know, that's why they're coming, because no, Biden's a good guy.
1: No, it's not. It's not because it's because it's it's policy <clears throat> started during the Obama administration. They did the same thing. They uh, got kids to come across the border and then. Uh, you know the kids are here, so you got to bring the whole family. It's called chain migration, and then they started calling that racist because you know chains, I guess. And so shut down that, and uh, you know, and then Donald Trump became president, and he said you got to stay in Mexico while you're waiting for your court date. And then he he cut off the money from the uh, the Northern Triangle three uh, corrupt governments um, in in Central America, uh, cut them off completely, and the 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 flow of immigrants came to a trickle. Eighty five percent was the cut. 85 percent, it's because of Joe Biden's policy. He made it very clear to come here to flood the border. And I'm going to say this again. This is about upsetting the balance of power in America, creating a permanent underclass of Democrat voters. It is cynical and it is awful and it completely disregards the people of this country who are citizens, whether they were born here or whether they went through the process of immigration, which, by the way, I do think needs to be reformed. Here is Joe Biden referring to note cards. He looked down at note cards. He had no ability to speak outside of the note cards about North Korea and their nuclear threat. This is dead serious.
5: Mr. President, overnight we learned that North Korea tested two ballistic missiles. What if any actions will you take and what is your red line on North Korea?
2: Let me say that uh, number one uh, UN Resolution 1718 was violated by those particular missiles that were tested.
1: We're going to send them a strongly worded letter. Number one. Somebody write that down because I'm going to forget it in about two minutes.
2: We're consulting with our allies and partners. Which ones? And uh, there will be a
1: resp- You're not making any calls to world leaders, sir. How are you consulting?
2: Responses if they choose to escalate um we will respond accordingly but i'm also prepared uh um for some but see the
1: the thing it just happened this week so you probably better respond accordingly like
2: now form of diplomacy um but it has to be conditioned upon the end result of denuclearization so uh but that's not
1: going to happen. You, you, they're looking at you going, no, we're going to
2: re accelerate, actually. Um, that's what we're doing right now, consulting with our allies.
5: Just very quickly. You follow. only got another hour now, okay? <laughs> Diplomacy, can you define what you mean? And former President Obama warned the incoming President Trump that North Korea was the top foreign policy issue. that he-
1: And you'll notice that in four years, they haven't launched a missile. Since, since Donald Trump became the president, no no missiles launched into the, uh, the South China Sea. ...was
5: washing. Is that how you assess the crisis in North Korea? Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, here is, uh, here is Joe Biden being asked about the transparency at the border and border facilities and basically saying... Uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna open them up as soon as we you know clean them up and make sure everything is perfect and and uh, and and set up some serious uh, staging to make it look as good as possible.
5: Will you commit to allowing journalists to have access to the facilities that are overcrowded moving forward?
1: And here's the non-answer. That's from Kristen Welker, by the way,
2: of NBC News. I will commit. Or as Tom Brokaw says, "NBC, not I When my plan very shortly is underway to let you have access to not just them but to other facilities as well.
5: How soon will journalists be able to have access to the facilities? We've obviously been allowed to be inside one, but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will
2: commit to transparency. And so but first, as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, I and mean, one of the reasons I haven't gone down. I have all my my chief folks have gone down is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing oh no. all the no, just having this press conference. You're the issue. Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being said. Yeah, Donald Trump visited the border four times up and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, just you'll to- get
1: four, full access to everything once we've got it all uh, sanitized and made to look really awesome, because right now it's terrible. We were completely caught with our pants down, and we're doing everything our, we can to, uh, to blame the, Obama admi- or the, uh, the Trump administration. Here is uh, the president. Um, the filibuster right now is the only way that some of this uh, odious one-party rule in the Senate can be stopped. Phillips Buster used to be a thing where where, uh, uh, people who were going to be against a bill would literally read for 24 hours. It was kind of stupid. It was a uh, parliamentarian uh, thing, but they would literally read uh, books, they'd read uh, recipes, they'd read letters from their mom, whatever, for 24 hours to stop a bill. And uh, they changed it. And last year, by the way, the Democrats, the Democrats... Filibustered 250 times, but this year, this year apparently uh, the filibuster is uh, is racist.
2: With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States. The South.
1: old-timey version
2: 120 years ago.
1: I think that was a joke, but I'm not sure because usually when you when you uh, tell a joke, you pause and wait for an audience reaction. Let's hear that
2: again real quick. Filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Um, no no pause for laughter, not even a smile on his face. And that is that it used to be required for the filibuster. And I I had a card on this. I was going to give Bob. A, he's going to get out a card. The statistics, but you probably know them, uh, that it used to be that uh, the that From between 1917 and 1971, the filibuster existed. There were a total of 58 motions to break a filibuster. He's reading this. <laughs> that whole time. Last year launch- Oddly
1: enough, he had a card about the filibuster there. He had the card. And, and, and the, the question, it, it, he got his card out right in time to answer the question from the reporter about the filibuster.
2: There were five times that many... So it's being abused in a gigantic way, and for example, yeah, by Democrats it used last year, you had to stand there and talk and talk and talk and talk until you collapsed. And guess what? People got tired of talking and tired of collapsing. Filibusters broke down, and we were able to break the filibuster, get a quorum, and vote. So I strongly support moving in that direction. In addition to having an open mind about dealing with certain things that are. Are just elemental to the functioning of our democracy, like the right to vote, like the basic right to vote. We've amended the filibuster in the past. But here's the deal. Mm, here's the deal. As you observed, I'm a fairly practical guy. I want to get things done
1: for the first time in I want forty-seven to get them years. Done
2: consistent with what we promised the American people. And in order to do that, in a 50-50 Senate. We've got to get to the place where I get 50 votes so that the Vice President of the United States can break the tie, or I get 51 votes without her. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. Oh, what is it? I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. Okay. So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... And this is where he goes off the rails. Anyway... Yeah, he was
1: he was kind of on a roll there. Then, then the old brain just kind of derailed here. Here is uh, Barack Obama defending the filibuster in 2005. What they don't expect is for one party, be it Republican or Democrat, to change
6: the rules in the middle of the game so that they can make all the decisions while the other party is told to sit down and keep quiet.
1: Which is what he did during his administration until he lost the houses of Congress and what the current administration and Congress and Senate are trying to do right now. The
6: American people want less partisanship in this town, but everyone in this chamber knows that if the majority chooses to end the filibuster, if they choose to change the rules and put an end to democratic debate, then the fighting and the bitterness and the gridlock will only get worse.
1: Wow, 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 Here's a little montage, montage of media softball questions during the presser.
4: How far are you willing to go
1: to achieve those
4: promises that you made to the American people? The perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of... What's
1: your favorite flavor of ice cream?
4: Migrants are coming to
1: we already asked that
4: this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors
3: republican legislatures across the country are working to pass bills that would restrict voting particularly democrats fear impacting minority voters because
1: minority voters can't get ids you see
3: young voters the very people who helped to get you which
1: is in uh, racist in its in itself
5: elected in november at john lewis's funeral president barack obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the jim crow era do you agree?
1: Do you agree? Of course he agrees. But uh, obviously uh, Barack Obama did not in 2005. Here is uh, NBC's Cecilia Vega actually asking kind of a real question and the uh, the President getting a little snippy.
3: I'd like to circle back to immigration, please. Uh, you, you just listed the reasons that people are coming, uh, talking about in-country problems, saying that it happens every year. You blamed the last administration. Sir, I just got back last night from a reporting trip to the border where I met nine-year-old Jose, who walked here from Honduras by himself, uh, along with another little boy. He had that Astounding. phone number on him, and we were able to call his family. His mother says that she sent her son to this country because she believes that you are not deporting unaccompanied minors like her son. That's why she sent him alone from Honduras.
1: In the previous administration, what they'd do is they'd, they'd fly the kids back home to their parents in their home country
3: so sir you blame the last administration but is your messaging and saying that these children are and will be allowed to stay in this country and work their way through this process encouraging families like Joe says to come
1: okay well he didn't get snippy there he gets uh, snippy during the follow-up here we go
3: quick follow-up if I may do you want to see these unaccompanied minors staying in this ch- this country or should they be deported eventually
2: well, the judgment has to be made whether or not, in, th- in this young man's case, he has a mom at home. There's an overwhelming reason why he'd be put in a plane and flown back to his mom.
1: Which is what the Trump administration did.
3: I don't follow, sir. You mentioned. But uh,
1: see, that's not what we're doing. We're keeping him here and we're bringing the family.
3: Circumstances that must be horrific the customs and border protection facility in donna texas i was there is at 1556% capacity yep. right now with mostly unaccompanied minors there are kids that are sleeping on floors they're packed into these pods i've spoken to lawyers who say that they some of these children have not seen the sun in days what's your reaction What is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you?
1: Okay, now they they would have asked this to Donald Trump, and Donald Trump would have had this reaction. The media would have gone bananas. But here's Grumpy Joe.
3: And when is this going to be fixed?
2: Uh, That's a serious question, right? It's acceptable to me. Come on.
1: Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know what, even even uh, Chris Wallace, by the way, Chris Wallace, uh, he has uh, become quite a tool, actually. He used to be, he used to be, um, I guess, a journalist at some point, not really sure when things change. I have a funny feeling it was like during the debate when he uh, hosted the debate and completely hammered on Donald Trump. But here he is uh, responding to, uh, 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 I guess, Biden reading talking points on every foreign policy issue and other stuff.
7: Yeah, I uh, and and I have to say I was also struck uh, by the fact that it seemed on every foreign policy question, not the others, but on foreign policy, he went to his briefing book like Jen Psaki does. Uh,
1: sometime- I mean, even during the uh, Miss America pageant, when they're asked about world events, they they aren't allowed to have note cards. I'm just in the briefings and was reading, uh, obviously,
7: White house- I believe we as U.S. Americans house guidance, White House talking points. Uh, covering Ronald Reagan for six years, I never saw that. Uh, watching a lot of news conferences over the years, I've never seen that. A president in a news conference reading talking points. He did that on, it seemed, every foreign policy question.
1: Unbelievable. And it's because he is not able to maintain any memory of his policy. He's unable to remember anything. Uh... And Chris Wallace is finally, oh, wow. You remember, I mean, I was a kid when Ronald Reagan was the, uh, was the president. And I remember he got hammered when he'd have a little, just a little minor slip. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't even remember any instances, to be quite honest. But they hammered him. They hammered him. But he was in no way, shape, or form anything like this man yesterday reading note cards from softball question Leftist reporters who were chosen ahead of time. Here is uh, President Trump. He spoke on uh, Laura Ingram's show about the presser. His thoughts on it.
8: Nobody's seen anything like it. You know it. You know it better than anybody. You cover it so well, and it's uh, it's very sad to watch. Actually, they're they're feeding him questions. They're easy questions. I noticed Peter Ducey didn't get to ask a question today. No,
5: nope, nope.
8: and uh, there could be no. Difficult questions, uh, and they're ready to rip the microphone away if somebody did get a little bit testy. Uh, and you know, he just look—the whole thing is ridiculous. You know it, and
1: so do I. Well, yep. Where was and
9: that Where you know was there Jim Acosta?
1: The yeah, no, there was no Jim Acosta. You remember Donald Trump used to get hounded, and then towards the very end, after the election, he would be hounded by the press. Kaylee McConaughey would get hounded by the press. Here they sit there like little sycophants. And the really sad thing about it is we live in a country with the First Amendment, the greatest piece of legislation passed in the history of mankind that allowed freedom of expression, protection of unpopular speech, freedom of association and religion. And our press chooses to toe the party line and the Democrat Party plays right along. Here is uh, Donald Trump talking about how he worked with the president of Mexico. And by the way, the president of Mexico yesterday said the reason why the surge is happening is because of Joe Biden. He said it unequivocally. Here's what Donald Trump had to say about his relationship with the Mexican president.
8: Mexico worked great with us. We had a tremendous relationship. And me with the president, who's a tremendous person. And they gave us 28,000 free, 28,000 soldiers along our border. And they stopped people from coming in. And what you're doing now and what you're seeing now is inhumane. These children and people are a tremendous number of children, by the way, but they're living on top of each other in squalor. This is squalor. That's why they won't allow the press to come in. We let the press go in. Yeah, And we had much smaller numbers, frankly, because people couldn't
1: come up. Yes, and they weren't given an incentive to do so, like paying for their hotel rooms. Now, this is interesting. I'll just share real quick. Taxpayers are going to be stuck with a... $392.69 per person per night hotel stay for illegals. I'm serious. I am serious. On March 20th, Axios reported that the Biden administration has entered into a six-month contract worth $86 million to house 1,200 immigrant migrant family members. That works out to $71,666 per migrant paid for with your tax dollars. Meaning... That the average American makes maybe what, uh, 60 grand, 65 grand a year? Unbelievable. I have never paid $392 a night for a hotel. I've never paid $392 a night for a hotel. That's just too expensive. But we're doing this for illegal immigrants. Here is uh, the president talking about Joe Biden yesterday saying that uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, sent kids back into Mexico to starve in the desert.
2: If an unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just going to let them starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration did that either, except Trump.
8: Well, first of all, it's just the opposite. But by the time we finished what we were doing, very few people were coming up because they knew they weren't going to get through. Uh, We stopped catch and release, which was a disaster. That's where you catch somebody, take their name, and release them into our country. We stopped that. Uh, they were supposed to come back years later and go to court, but nobody ever comes back and goes to court. Nope. And the very biggest thing was we had the stay in Mexico policy. And that means that we wouldn't allow people to wait in our country until they were totally checked And nobody wanted to
1: get stuck in Mexico, so they stopped leaving. Out, which most of them didn't get checked out.
8: And they would go back to their own country uh, if young kids were with parents. But a lot of times they weren't, and we would take care of them. But uh, it, it
1: is what they're doing now is outrageous. It is. It is. Now, this is interesting. Nancy Pelosi yesterday was asked about Trump taking away money from the Northern Triangle, three uh, Central American countries that we used to give hundreds of millions of dollars to, and they would still flood our country with illegals. And he stopped it. Now, I love this reaction from him because she is accusing Donald Trump of punishing the Northern Triangle And listen to Donald Trump's reaction to her.
5: The president, then president, had withdrawn the money that was allocated for the Northern Triangle. That was a mistake and we have to restore that. They withdrew the money to punish those countries.
8: Absolutely, that's right. On that I agree with her. First time in a long time, years that I've agreed with her. We were paying them $500 million a year. Nobody knew what they were doing with the money and they were sending criminals to our country. You know, when they're sending people in the caravans, as we call them, uh, they're not exactly their finest, okay? And more importantly, perhaps, is that they wouldn't take it as we would because ICE was incredible, the job they did, and Border Patrol, incredible. These are incredible men and women. When we got somebody, we captured a bad MS-13 or group, we'd bring them back to the country, and they wouldn't take them, and I said, what are we doing? How much money do we give them? We pay them $500 million a year. I said, stop paying the money immediately. We stop paying. They called the following day. They said, we'd love to have MS-13 come back into our country. Please send them immediately, and we will not be sending any more bad people. Yes. And we then got along very well with them. So she's absolutely right. They abused us in so many different ways. They wouldn't take prisoners and murderers back, and we didn't want them in our country. So we'd bring them back. They wouldn't take them. I stopped paying the $500 million that we were wasting on giving it to them. As soon as I did that, they immediately agreed to take back everybody.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's just common sense. It's just common sense. You are listening to the Newsmax Daily. I am Rob Carson, your host. And make sure to download the Newsmax app. Okay, because you'll want to carry it with you. You can watch uh, highlights of the show, uh, all things Newsmax. Five million of you have downloaded it since November, and I do believe that's that number is growing uh, dramatically. So make sure to do that. And also, if you want to check out all of the shows on Newsmax, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. You can see when they run. You can watch it live. It's free. You can watch my show, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World, which runs Saturdays and Sundays. Let's move on to some highlights of Of some of the great shows on Newsmax, Greg Kelly has a terrific show, and this is his reaction to what he calls the worst presser ever by uh, a president. Where am I
2: here? Let me see, Caitlin. Let me get here. Okay. Uh, um, Cecilia (laughs) Vega. Okay. Uh, How about Yamish? Okay, hang on a second. Yeah. A uh, Nancy, CBS? Uh, what about uh, Kim? Uh, what about, it's like the, he's in a foreign country, getting yeah. to know reporters from Romania. This
8: is the easiest part of the press conference, huh? You. You. That's how Trump used to do it, remember? Say it. Say it. He would do that sometimes. He'd say, say it? Yeah. All right. How did this thing wrap up anyway?
2: But folks... I'm going. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. He's gone. Is that what he said? He's gone. Yeah, I think he was gone before
1: he uh, opened the mic. Actually, uh, here's Greg talking with uh, John Ziegler about uh, about the presser yesterday. John is a uh, is a conservative Gentlemen, uh, How
7: did you feel? We'll start with you, John. Well, I had very low expectations, especially for the news media, which is my focus, as the senior columnist at Mediite. I was very eager to see how they would go from pit bull during the Trump administration to lap dog, and uh, I was not disappointed in that. Uh, They've gone from referee to cheerleader. I counted 31 questions and follow-ups and 17 of them, 17 of them, Greg, were from clearly the liberal pro-Biden perspective, while uh, only 13 were, I would say, generously neutral, and only one was remotely conservative, and there were zero questions, zero questions about uh, the issue of schools not opening because of Joe Biden's allies and the the teachers' unions. Meanwhile, there were seven questions about the filibuster, urging him to end the filibuster, and five about migrant children on the border. Five about migrant children, zero about American children. This was a dark day for what was left journalism in america greg. no
1: no it's dead it's it's got the three count it's over the uh, the referees on the mat one two three it's done and then joe canassa who is a uh, very left of center he works for a national memo he said you know what I, I thought i thought the president did a pretty good job great analysis i'm glad you were counting joe your thoughts
6: oh i thought he did fine you know uh he he was not what surprised me greg was that he was not asked about uh the coronavirus. Uh, I I believe there was not one question about it, which is still killing thousands of Americans. And, uh, you know, instead many questions about the border where there's a sort of seasonal increase in the people trying to cross. That's a lie. Some pent up from last year. That's a lie. And they couldn't. Uh, So, I don't know, I thought he did, you know, for a guy his age, his first press conference as president, (laughs) I thought he did all right. I mean, uh, but Joe. You know, I'm Joe, not surprised that you showed him. We're looking yes.
8: for a little bit more from a president of the United States, a yeah. guy
6: his
10: age. Yeah. He chose to run. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
10: He chose to run. Wait, Greg, He's president. You want okay, a guy wait, who's tell decisive? Me, tell me what you're. Tell
1: me what you're looking for, because here's the guy. How about a guy who's able to put a thought together without looking at note cards and not losing his place entirely? Reason there were no coronavirus
6: questions, Greg is because he has doubled the number of vaccinations that he said he was going to do.
1: Now, just real quick, um, Donald Trump got two vaccines done in 10 months. And do you think a businessman like that would not have had some sort of distribution in place when he left office? Or do you think that he just said, you know what, we'll come up with a vaccine, just dump all the vaccines on the White House lawn and we'll figure it out later? No, Joe Biden cruised in and took credit for it
6: at the beginning of his presidency. So, you know, uh, there's no question there because the press can't find a, a foothold in to say, oh, you've you failed.
1: Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is incredible. If Joe Kanasa were an optometrist, he would have passed um, Mr. Magoo for his driver's license. Here is a little bit more from uh, Joe Kanasa. Of the national memo. And by the way, to say that we are not, uh, that you know, we're not fair and balanced uh, is an understatement. to give this guy, uh, and, and I'm not talking about left or right. I'm talking about um, smart versus really ignorant. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, Mister Ziegler being the smart one. Look, I, I know you lean a
8: little bit left. I don't think too many people on the Democrat side even were terribly impressed. You say he did okay. Was anybody impressed today? Joe? Well,
6: I think he showed a pretty... Are you asking me? I think he showed a pretty strong command of the issues in front of him, whether he, when he had his note cards, <laughs> sometimes looked at notes or not. I mean, uh, I think he knows what he's talking about no. when it comes to immigration. If
1: you know what you're talking about, you, you don't need note cards.
6: And I think he knows what, what he's talking about when it comes to what he's. Been. I have no note cards in my hands right now. In pursuing, he became president, which is vaccination and his Build Back Better program. They asked him about can, can the filibuster about- a few times. Addressed- the reason
1: why they ask about the filibuster is because the media wants the filibuster to go away. That. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, and they're in cahoots with the Democrat
6: Party. I'm not sure what you want, Greg. He, he's, he's not there to create entertainment the way Trump was. That's Whoa. true. Whoa. But he is doing wow. things, and they are quite popular in the country
1: right now. Wow, wow, wow. Why don't you just call him the dear leader? Uh, Greg... Uh, uh, Grant Stetsfield, he's, uh, he's going to be on the show in just a moment. We're going to touch base with him. But yesterday he had uh, a former acting uh, CBP commissioner on talking about the comment Joe Biden made about uh, President Trump sending kids back into the Mexican desert to starve, which was a lie.
9: And, and I got to tell you, Grant, I, I watched the president's press conference today. And as an American, it saddens me to say that I've never seen so much misinformation spin and blatant lies being told to American people, I was absolutely disgusted today.
0: I wanna run this soundbite, which if you're uninformed would be specifically concerning, but I want you to respond to it. Uh, This is Joe Biden talking about sending kids back to starve on the other side of the border in Mexico.
2: The idea that I'm gonna say, which I would never do, that if an unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just gonna let him starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration did that either, except Trump. I'm not going to do it. It's a lie. I'm not going to do it.
0: Well, I called bull corn when I saw it, Mark. (laughs) What do you say to the the president now?
10: An
9: outright lie. And I am absolutely offended for myself and for the 63,000 men and women of CBP who are dedicated, honest, decent, hardworking people that would never do what the president said was being done. It's an outright lie every single unaccompanied minor that was sent back there was a stream coordination done with the home country we were chartering jets much like the professional athletic teams charter to fly them back extreme coordination with the host country to make sure that every single unaccompanied minor was received and cared for and fed and and and, and, and clothing and medical attention and and here's the key and that every effort was done to reunite them with their parent And when we we sent them back to the Central American countries, but the overwhelming majority of the time, that's exactly what was happening. They were reunited with their parents because we know that most of them, 75%, are older teenagers. That's the truth. It was outrageous what the president said, Grant.
1: And it's all about points for the media disparaging Donald Trump. But when you do that, you also disparage thousands of people who know that they didn't do that. The, the CBP did not do that. This is an interesting commentary, and, and I've been talking about, uh, about all of the anomalies, the strangeness associated with, uh, with coronavirus, and uh, the fact that it happened in 2020. I think, a lot, I think 2020 happened because it was 2020, but there have been a lot of anomalies. Uh, uh, there was a perverse incentive, a financial incentive, for hospitals and doctors to, uh, to diagnose Uh, COVID, that was actually said by the CDC director. But uh, Grant had some, I thought, some some really nice thoughts on uh, coronavirus versus the flu.
0: How did it just magically disappear, the flu? Poof, gone. Compare this chart, the green one, okay, to last year and the year before that. In mid-March, the country was overrun with the flu. Look at them there. It's all red. Red is bad in this case, okay? And it was real bad. To anyone with common sense, it just doesn't add up. No. We knew the flu hasn't been eradicated. It's still here. The only explanation is that healthcare providers rewarded by the federal government are classifying everything under the sun as COVID-19, the China virus, which means there is an active push to dupe you. Well, look at pediatric deaths. This is from the CDC as well. Related to the flu. Over the past three flu seasons, on average, as you can see there, 176 kids died of the flu. That is tragic. But during the 2021 flu season, just one kid died of the flu? Now, I'm happy there's only one death. But again, I don't believe it. Again, this does not add
1: up. It does not add up. Um, There were 740,000 Uh, hospitalizations to flu in the 2019-2020 flu season. This last flu season, 2020-2021,
10: 165.
1: That's according to the CDC. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Rob Schmidt's show. He had one of my favorite people on Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch talking about uh, the the question that was actually asked about transparency at the border facilities and Joe Biden's non-answer.
5: Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will
2: commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, I mean, one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my yes, my chief know. folks have gone down, mm-hmm. is I don't want to become the issue. You'll have full access to everything once we... don't, the
1: last thing we need is Joe wandering off into a cornfield and nobody being able to find him. Get this thing moving.
10: Yeah, I know we have at least a dozen Freedom of Information Act requests yeah. on the, just the current crisis as it is all of which i think have been stonewalled and there are hundreds of press requests for access to these facilities all of which have been denied using COVID as the excuse yes uh, the nice thing about uh, president biden's challenges uh, in articulating his views is it often leads to him telling the truth inadvertently and he just told the american people you can't see the mess until we clean it up and then you can come in so it's an admission that the reason we're not getting access In my view is because uh, he doesn't want us to see or the administration doesn't want us to see uh, the truth about what's going on there I mean the pictures that have come out have been uh, pretty extraordinary and um, the the crisis is entirely preventable uh, and now we're being told we just have to rely on public statements by the president and others we can't get underlying documents we can't get firsthand accounts and on top of that there's been pressure on the bureaucracy and the, the line agents and not to talk about it. Hmm. And uh, so uh, this is a gr- the great suppression Unreal. of uh, this great crisis, the Biden border crisis.
1: Yeah, 100% could not agree more. Tom Fitton, Judicial Watts. Emerald Robinson is uh, doing a bang-up job as a, uh, a Capitol correspondent asking the tough questions of the president. Unfortunately, she was not asked yesterday during the presser she, of course, uh, is a is a Newsmax reporter. Here she is talking to Rob about uh, not even uh, being allowed to ask a question.
7: Today you were in the East Room. You were uh, ignored oh, s- like many others. Um, tell Unreal. us about the experience. Emerald. Good to see you.
11: Well, it's good to see you, Rob. When I walked in, I saw the seating set up and I pretty quickly determined that I was unlikely to get a question. And when <laughs> President Biden walked in. He had a piece of paper in his hand or a couple pieces of paper. He gave about two minutes of the introduction to his remarks where he touted some of his quote unquote successes. And then he, without looking up, started calling names. First, he called the yep. AP Zeke Miller, and then he went down a list of about 10 friendly media. Uh, who, as you noted, asked him questions about what a nice guy he was and is that the reason (laughs) there was a surge at the border. (laughs) They didn't push back on the information he gave, and that's what I'm used to with the Trump administration. This was very different from the last four years of press conferences that I sat through.
1: Now, here is uh, Emerald Robinson talking about the questions that she would have asked had she been given the opportunity.
11: I will say this was unlike any press conference I've ever been a part of in that yep. the people were pre-selected. And Joe Biden had a pretty clear picture of what the questions would be because he had prepared remarks to answer the question.
1: And note cards. Question,
11: Rob. If I was there, if I had gone to ask a question, <laughs> Rob, I do think it would have been important to ask. About Rachel Levine, who was just uh, confirmed to a top position at Uh the Health and Human Services Department. Although uh, in Pennsylvania, there's an independent investigation into a similar nursing home scandal Mm -hmm. like in New York that Mm -hmm. this person would have been implicated in. And there's also breaking news on Hunter Biden, the president's son, in a gun issue in 2018 that the Secret Service intervened in, even though Joe Biden wasn't in office. Uh Also, I'd want to know is Hunter Biden divesting himself? of that at that stake in the chinese investment firm bhr partners like the administration has said he would mm-hmm. before taking office yep. and he had not yet as far as we know yeah so there's so much to ask
1: there was so much to ask and none of it got asked uh, J- grant Stinchfield is joining me on the phone right now host of the grant Stinchfield show which is on uh, eight o'clock eastern time on newsmax tv hello sir
12: I'm doing great, Rob. It's so good to be with you, my man.
1: Yeah, yesterday I really enjoyed the uh, Mr. Magoo press conference. Did you? <laughs> I know you got a chance to check it out. What did you think?
12: Well, I mean, first you want to laugh at it. And yeah. then you realize, boy, this is really, really serious. And I thought the most serious moment where it was such a failure was when he was talking about North Korea. North Korea just fired ballistic missiles as a yeah. test. That was not a test. Uh, uh, of their missile system. That was a test of the Biden administration yep. and when he looked down at notes and read the entire response from notes without even looking up, mm-hmm. I thought every dictator from Putin to Kim Jong Un they're laughing at him. He is not instilling fear in our in our enemies. We're in big trouble.
1: I uh, it, it's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore, and yesterday was a prime example, and that there were so many syc- sycophantic media members who are willing to say, I think he did a great job. Honestly, at this point, uh, where whatever happened to shame?
12: Yeah, yeah you got to wonder. I mean, jeez, we've been playing the soundbite. I mean, he was talking about porous windows and air conditioning, and, and it's half the stuff he said made no sense. And then the lies, you know, when you look at the border – We had on our Newsmax show Mark Morgan, he was the Border Patrol uh, chief, Yes, and he was so offended about this idea of Trump administration sending kids back to sit on on the banks of the Rio Grande on the other side of the border in Mexico starving to death. He said they were literally flying them in jets to reunite them with their families, and once word got back to the migrants that, look, your kids are not coming in, we're taking them back to you, well, guess what, the flow of those kids stopped.
1: There were so many, uh, there were so many, li- just lies, just lies. And, and you know, I would feel sorry for the man. I would I would say this is elder abuse. But honestly, uh, that, the, that he presents so much information, like Donald Trump put children in the desert to starve to death. Uh, it, how, who does that? Who says that? He also lied about it. there were no vaccines when he got into office, even though he had two shots before he got into office. The media didn't call him on it. Um, it, it is just it's ridiculous. Yesterday, none of the nobody for Newsmax, Emerald Robinson, didn't get didn't get the opportunity to ask a question uh, yesterday. I mean, honestly, it, it laid bare everything that we thought of the mainstream media um, and they still deny it. Do you know what's interesting? When I went
12: back and looked at all the questions that were asked, yeah. if it was a news conference with President Trump, all they asked about was the China virus. There was not one question asked about the China virus.
1: There wasn't any any question about uh, how uh, that's impacting American children with the opening of schools. There weren't any questions about Hunter Biden buying a, a, a purchasing a gun, uh, which may have been actually illegal, and the Secret Service being involved in it. Uh, there were. not that a great? Oh dear. There were there were a million good questions that a real media would ask because there are some legitimate scandals in this administration in the biden family that if it were the trump family it 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 would have been the exact opposite and gigantic
12: it is yeah it's so true they just so they're derelict in their duty but look we knew this was going to happen i mean we knew that the media is not going to ask tough questions i will give credit there were maybe one or two questions in there that were decent tough questions but by and large they weren't and we didn't get the information we needed and i would say you know, was it a disaster for Joe Biden? I think it was about as bad as it could have gone for him, short of him falling out the door as he's leaving.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that one of the tougher questions was, uh, what, what's your favorite color and what is your middle name? Unfortunately, he couldn't name the latter. Yeah, you <laughs> know, to, of had, course not. He had to look at note cards. Well, Unbelievable. I'm going to ask you this. You know, you look at this man's decline, and it's very obvious if you see pictures of the blue-eyed Joe Biden from five, six years ago, and his eyes are just dark now. His, his irises are brown now, uh, and it just, it's like looking into a vacant vessel. Um, what do you see happening now that it looks like, I mean, they're, they're starting to call it the Biden-Harris administration. When he does have to leave office, and who knows when that's going to be, uh, what is the reaction going to be from the American people about this?
12: Well, I think most of America expects it. I think even the liberals knew that this was coming. When you look at Joe Biden now, you can't think that he's going to last very long. Even the questions about are you going to run for reelection—that was the nice way of the media cloaking their question about, sir, you're so old, you can see that you're declining. There's no way you're going to run. Can you just tell us that right now? And he backtracked on that. Yes, I'm running. And then he said, No, I'm not. Hey, I like to travel. I don't. What, what is that? I like to travel.
1: Uh, Ian, Grant, I'm going to tell you, if this were your dad, uh, you and your brothers and sisters would be getting together and, and discussing uh, to take his car keys away. And in fact, the car keys would have been taken away. They'd be talking about putting in a, in a home or some sort of assisted living community.
12: Yeah, well, he got mad. You know, at, at some points he got mad. Uh, come on, man. What do you think? What do you think about this? And they start yelling about unions and American greatness. He reminded me. Uh, of an old guy in an old folks home that basically didn't get his pudding he didn't get his vanilla pudding and he just starts yelling
1: about it well and, and i'll tell you and i'm not an expert on it but i did have several uh, elderly uh, relatives live with us when i was a kid and that's one of the signs of dementia uh, that when you combine it with falling uh you know angry outbursts forgetfulness and all of this stuff it's it's fairly it's fairly obvious
12: now you're scaring me, Rob, because <laughs> I get angry outbursts all the time. I hope I'm not suffering from dementia, my angry outbursts.
1: <laughs> no, no, you, you're you're not forgetful. I, I Trust me, your mind is like a steel trap. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, oh, yesterday, you made a great comment yesterday. I've been saying this about the flu season and how the CDC... Uh, In the last flu season, which was 2019-2020, there were up to 740,000 hospitalizations according to flu. And then last flu season, there were 165. You brought up this yesterday, and nobody else is touching this. Uh, The reason why this is happening, I believe, and I think you do as well, there is a perverse monetary incentive that the CDC actually meant the director said months ago. There is a monetary incentive to diagnose people with covid
12: So it's interesting because the flu has just all but disappeared. There's no more cases of the flu anymore. Now, you and I, Rob, know that the flu has not been eradicated from the face of the earth. So something's going on. Somebody's cooking the books. I went back to the latest numbers they have. March 13th, the week of March 13th. you know how many positive cases of the flu there were? And I know you know because you just said you were watching the show. One. (laughs) One in the entire country. One case of the flu. Come on. What is going on? They've incentivized (laughs) people to ignore the flu, label everything under the sun as as COVID-19, the China virus. And so I even heard from a nurse after the show, she emailed me. She says, we've been told not to test for the flu. Our whole focus inside the hospital that she works at is China virus. Well, there's so many stories like that, Rob. Over and over again, I hear the same thing about loved ones being so angry. That their, that their father or mother or uncle has died of COVID when in reality they simply died of old age yeah. and of complications from other issues that they were suffering from. But in the government's quest to control us and, and pump the numbers, everybody's dying of COVID. Man eaten by shark dies of COVID. You know, it's almost what you said earlier is that we're the only ones talking about this, right? Your radio yeah. program, my show – Where is the media on this? Where is the media to say, hey, the flu has been (laughs) eradicated from the face of the earth. It disappeared. You know, we know that's not the case. But why are they not talking about it? Because they're in cahoots with the people running the government. I used to say that the media did the bidding of the Democrat Party. I no longer believe that. I actually believe it's the Democrat Party now does the bidding of the media. The media is the one calling the shots. And the Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's are responding and acting on behalf of the liberal
1: media. I I just don't know what's going to happen with the country, to be quite honest, Grant. So, So, you know,
12: I still have great faith in this nation. I I know that it is still the greatest nation on earth. You know, if you want to escape what's going on in this country, I ask you to ask yourselves this, where are you going to go? This is still the last refuge. There is no other place for freedom in the world, even though our freedoms here are slowly disappearing. I also have great faith in the American people, and maybe what we're going through is a wake-up call, a reset call, it whatever you want, but in two years, I think there'll be a great wave of uh, of Republicans being pushed into Congress, and then hopefully we take this back in 2024, but I don't see the American people standing for a socialist government, a communist regime, all-powerful, a monarchy, whatever you want to call it, I just don't see the American people standing for it, which is why I've never given up on America, and I'm certainly not giving up on America now.
1: Amen, brother. All right. Hey, Grant, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely, my man. Thank you so
12: much. Remember, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time every night, Monday through Friday on Newsmax. That's where you can catch Stinchfield. Thank
1: you, Rob. Yeah, buddy. All right. So, uh, yeah, Grant, thanks for joining me. He was a, just a – I love his show. <clears throat> we got a lot of good stuff. We've got a lot of good stuff on uh, Newsmax TV. Make sure to download the app, by the way. Download the app. Five million of you have done it since November, and it's growing. It's growing. I want to touch on like one other story because uh, we've we've talked a lot about the presser. Uh, Republican uh, Governor Brian Kemp signed sweeping election reform law into uh, into law because of all the chicanery in the uh, in the state of Georgia. And if you don't believe me, uh, there were twenty five hundred and sixty felons who voted in um, in Georgia. Sixty six thousand underage registrants. Twenty four hundred people who were not on the state's voter rolls. Forty nine hundred voters who had registered in another state and after registering in Georgia, making them ineligible. 395 people who cast votes in another state for the same election. 15,700 voters who had filed national change of address forms without re-registering. 40,000 people who had moved counties without re-registering. 1,043 who claimed the physical impossibility of a P.O. Box as their address. 98 people who registered after the deadline. And 10,000 people who were deceased. That was just in the state of Georgia. That's why the voter reform was signed into law. But of course, it's racist, according to Joy Reid of MSNBC, because apparently uh, people of color cannot get an ID and, and Republicans don't want them to vote, which is a giant lie. Republicans have never get been against blacks voting. It was the party of Jim Crow, the Democrat Party. They were the ones that kept black people from voting. Let,
13: let, let's just be clear for everybody who's watching this right now. What Republicans are saying is they're going to make it torture for you to vote in line.
1: Do they use the green screen to kind of get rid of that chip on her shoulder? Because otherwise you'd see it every show. By
13: having fewer machines, beat up machines, places where... In urban centers, places where Black folks live, suburbs. Did the
1: the the bill actually say put the really beat up voter machines in the uh, in the persons of color areas?
13: Black people live, make it impossible or torture for you to vote in line, and then they're going to no, no, you
1: you just you go stand in line. Um, It's kind of like standing in line outside the Apple store, uh, standing in line at a restaurant. You know, you know,
13: make it impossible for you to vote by mail. They're going to yeah,
1: because uh, the elections are stolen um, when you allow massive. Uh, unregistered people uh, to to get the ballots in the mail. lock
13: off every way that you can vote. And then even if you survive all of those restrictions and you yes. finally get your vote in, yes. then they're going to say, ways out, we're just not going to count what you did because we don't like who you voted for, so we're just going to give it to the other guy. This is the <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, no, no, not a journalist. No, 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 no. She's about as much a journalist as I am.
13: End of democracy in America. This is the beginning of the South, the South Africa strategy. This is my Wow,
1: this is unbelievable.
13: rule. This is saying we will rule. This is
1: when you lose an argument, you start screaming racism.
13: Over the objections of the majority of the American people. This is the most serious thing that we've seen happen since the January 6th siege. It's another kind of siege. It is absolutely bizarre. Oh, yeah,
1: the, the January siege uh, was so much worse than the 300 riots that took place last year that caused two billion dollars worth of damage caused 27 deaths thousands of injuries of police officers uh yeah four trump supporters died during the uh, the siege of the capitol nobody was armed and uh and they reopened the building in two hours so yeah All right. I got to go. Thank you for joining me, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Make sure to uh, download the app for Newsmax TV. And if you want to check out the shows on Newsmax, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. For all the listings, you can also stream it live. And make sure to watch my show, which just happens to run 9 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday nights and 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoons, both Eastern time. And it's called Rob Carson's What in the World. It is essentially like a, a daily show, but with a conservative Perspective, Yes, Virginia, conservatives can be funny. See you next time, guys. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's
12: fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.